I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, that's NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And of course, help me out, buddy. Me out, pal. Ryan Peacock. Ryan, what's going on, man? Sounded like somebody stood on your nuts then. What yeah, it's getting increasingly higher every week. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> it's it's my bit. No, no, bit. I'm good. I think I'm past the point of... Well, I don't know. I'm not past the point of despair. But I'm going to say I'm past the point of thinking about that game and on to thinking about the Titans. And uh, I'll be interested to hear what you think are our chances going into this one because I've seen a few people put out there that think the Titans are going to do it and Mariota is going to outperform Aaron Rodgers. Hilarious. So, yeah, well, uh, look, there's a load of polls that came out uh, during the week in America and they were all wrong. That's an allude to Trump. Are we going to get political on this podcast, <coughs> Ryan? What are we doing? While you hack up along there, what are you drinking? Miller I was going to say, yeah, I, I just ch- choked on my cores. No, sorry, I'm cores. Which, what's that? Colorado, is it? Yeah. Cores Light. That's a, it's a lady drink, isn't it? No, no, it's for guys that, you know, like a beer, but also want to pretend they're on a diet. <laughs> that's a contradictory statement. Yeah, I tell you what, whoever, whoever invents calorie-free beer, you are onto a mint, my friend. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, maybe that's what we go into next, mate. Calorie-free beer. I'm a whiskey so, man yeah. myself, but anyway, Trump, are we going to talk about him? No. Clinton, are we going to talk about her? No. Are we going to talk about the end of the world as we know it? No, we we'll just say that I liked Bernie Sanders, but what do I know? I'm not American, I don't get a say anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's loads of despair. Do you know what? In in all honesty, I had a bunch of mates from Ireland who are now living in the States, one of them in Chicago, so, you know, RIP, he is, he's living in a Bears-friendly neighbourhood. And uh, he went viewing houses recently and he went down into the basement and had it all made up for bears, which is appropriate, right? Because if you're going to have a man cave for Packers, it's usually the pride and joy of your house. But for a bear's man cave, usually in the dank basement. But anyway, so I got uh, loads of texts from lads from Ireland actually saying, is there any jobs over in Ireland? And I was like, why? And they're like, because they want to leave. They just can't uh, deal with the drum thing. I think, yeah, it's in the past. I think we're better off leaving that (laughs) too. What well, it is, I know it was only Pre- what President was it, like elect Trump. He, you know what? He, it's coming down the line, Ryan. I think the problem is the four years presidency, not like the election. Yeah, even though that well, was I don't know. Well. To those, yeah, I, I don't. Thing is, I don't, I'm very aware that obviously a lot of people voted for him, a lot of people voted against him. I don't want to offend anybody. It's not really my right to. I'm not American, so I don't get a vote. Um, so but I'm kind are, of a, these are arguably I'm, world issues, Ryan. Arguably right, world I, I, issues. I, I get what you're saying, right? But for me, the people voted. It doesn't matter whether I agree or disagree. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Ryan Peacock I, sitting on the fence. I tell you, ask any Packer-related question on your... I do not normally sit on the fence on anything. You know that. I've usually got an opinion. It may be wrong sometimes, but normally I'm right. Um, but this time, yeah, this this unfortunately, this is uh, just not my problem. Oh, that is... Just turning my back on this one. Oh, no. Do you see that? That's what's wrong with you, Tommies. You know what I mean? Brexit and all the rest. He's like to just hey, uh, on, run away from don't, stuff. Don't you know? start. <laughs> Tom, trying... honestly, right. honestly, the Irish rugby team get one win against New Zealand and they start banging on. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shut up. How many World Cups you won, mate? 
Oh, here we go. Are you, you going to go back to, what, the 1966 one that you roll out every uh, four years? Or no, 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 this... no, no, no. I'm talking rugby now, mate. Two, what was it? 2003, mate. That lucky kick? That uh, fortunate that down, lucky down kick? to the oh, wire? Right, right. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's get back to American football. Let's talk Titans. Let's talk Packers. Let's... Yeah. To let people know, I've been Before trying to you goad... upset half the listeners. Ah, come on. I, I've, I've been trying to goad Ryan into speaking about Trump. He just won't do it. Try my hardest. This is proof. He won't talk about it. So yeah, the Tennessee Titans, um, I've got some philosophies on this game. So I do, so I do. Um, my philosophy on this game is, look, this game's going to come down to defense for us because uh, we all know Dick LeBeau is the uh, defensive coordinator for uh, the Tennessee Titans. And, of course, himself and Capers together. How old is that guy now? 79. That's unreal, isn't it? To be still at the top of his game in his field, that age, still dialing up defences against the way that the game's changed over the last few years. I mean, you ought to have nothing but respect for that guy, right? Well, this is where we're going to disagree. <laughs> is this where you say no? <laughs> so shut up, mate. You can see the blank look no. on my face. Yeah, all right. No, look... Dick LeBeau gets an awful lot of respect and so does Dom Capers. They come from the same school. The two of them uh, in the 90s invented uh, the zone blitz defense and I hear loads of people waxing lyrical about that type of stuff. You know, they're top of their game and all this. I am not a believer in the 3-4 defense, the zone blitz defense. I think that it doesn't work, right? Increasingly what? now, yeah, increasingly now, right, if you look at it, um, the the Packers, when they come up against press man coverage, they get waxed most of the time. So, what's with the hoodie over the head? You look like you're despairing. Uh, I was just hiding in there. Just hiding in there, so I didn't... No, go on. No, what I'm saying... I don't want to fall out already, because we nearly fell out on the last podcast. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is that I don't believe that it works. I mean, the, the other the other defences, for instance, in the league that use a similar sort of um, zonal defence and don't do much man coverage is the Bears. And I can leave that one there. I don't need to go into the stats. Let's take a look at the Titans and how they've got on and how many points have been put up against them. Um, this season so far so they played the Vikes they put up 25 um, Texans 27 they're not a good offense the Dolphins again only put up 17 but again who cares about them the Browns put up 26 points against the Titans the Titans only won by two points the Browns are a winless team they're it's useless. quite impressive yeah the Colts <laughs> put up 34 the Jags put up 22 and they're pretty dismal late on the season and the Chargers put up 43 now, if you look down through the, the stats there, any sort of quarterback that I see that's halfway decent can tear them apart. Um, notably, uh, Philly Rivers there, 43 points against them, you know. Andrew Luck, 34 points, has no offensive line to speak of. So what I'm seeing here is is that they don't have much of a defense uh, when it all boils down to it. So I think uh, their defense is 16th. But looking at those scores... I don't know how they end up 16, to be fair. So I reckon this game's all going to come down. Because look at, right? The teams that the Packers have played this season who've dropped off and haven't done press man for God knows what reason, because you just have to look at the tape study to see that the minute you press air uh, receivers, uh, they're toast. They can't get separation. That, that's the main criticism that we have here. But any defense that we've come up against that have played zonally, we've bet them and we've bet them convincingly. You only have to look at the Bears game where we trounced them. 
that's why so with this team with them dropping off into zone defense i reckon we have their number now i'm not going to go and pledge to the followers and listeners like you that i'm going to rip off an elton john song because we you know i did call it for the Colts game saying that where we could potentially struggle is in is in a few areas one of them being that the Colts play man coverage um and as well as that i think what's going to go against the titans here is the fact that they blitz I mean, I think it's 35 or 37% of the time. They're like the third highest blitz in defense. So they're going to bring a lot of men uh, to try to get at the quarterback. And also then in the secondary, they're going to protect zonally. So look, I reckon we're going to wax them. Well, it's uh, it's quite a statement. and But yeah, I mean, you think you're behind, it's great. Um, in terms of the song, by the way, I, yeah, I know I still owe it that one. Um, but I want to get back to obviously Cape, as you said. So you're, I'm guessing you're not a big Capers Lebeau fan at the minute. That that type of defensive system. No, I, I, what I what I what we need is we need aggressive defense. We need to cover them man for man uh, the majority of the time. Now, look, I know uh, I'm not saying that on every play that we play zonal. Of course, we play man, but it's like that most of the times. And if you look at all the games that we've got burned in and lost, it's because we were playing zonally. Remember, the two of us kind of said that on recent podcasts, right? That what we tend to do is is give up the five six yards with the hope that we make a third down stop and then get them off the field, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the problem is with zonal is that because it's zonal, because you're passing a man over, that moment you pass it over, there's your window as a quarterback. And if you can get that window between a corner passing it to a backer or a corner passing it to a safety or whatever it might be, but that moment you pass it, that's the window. And Mm -hmm. I think too often we are – I always kind of feel like with our cornerbacks we're not aggressive enough – um, we don't get up in the face of receivers. We don't. Sometimes it feels that we almost we allow them to make that burst off the line, and we don't really try and affect them or try and get in their face enough. So, yeah, I, I, I'm the same as you. I think the zonal system probably works in some situations, and I think we probably do it too much. Yeah. And once we do it too much, and especially if you've got a quarterback like Luck proved. Um, Matt Ryan, these guys that can really laser a pass, pinpoint on a sixpence type accuracy, then when you're in that zone position, it just opens too much opportunity up and it makes us look silly every time. Yeah, now the only thing that I think could go for us in this game is that the the three wide receivers for the Titans, uh, they're quite slow. Um, they don't have that quickness. They're not going to stretch the field. So usually where it breaks down and where we get burned for 20 yards is like you say, uh, when they get past the first defender and start making their way into the second zone, the safety should have them. Um, but then there's a busted coverage or they're in between the zones and we're ball watching. And then we get burned for 20 yards, 15 yards, whatever. I don't think that is particularly going to happen in this game because the wide receivers aren't of a high caliber. They're probably the worst bunch of wide receivers um, open to Marcus Mariota uh, in the whole league. I mean, I thought that about about Andrew Andrew Luck's team and his receivers, but I mean, they they obviously did a decent job on us. But yeah, when you look at their receiving core, I mean, Delaney Walker, who's the tight end, he's got the most receiving yards. Yeah. And after that, it looks, you know, is it Rashad Matthews, Tajay Sharp, Kendall Wright? Yeah, they're the three wides. Yeah, the, the tight end. Yeah, that's where we're going to struggle really, Ryan, is against the tight end Delaney Walker. Absolutely. Yeah. This guy, what has he had six, seven years in San Fran? He's but the only problem with him is, is look, they keep saying that he's quick, but how quick can a thirty-two-year-old tight end be? Yeah, I mean, he, he's a big body, he's a big target, he's got short hands, um, but I, th- I mean, yeah, okay. In terms of receiving game, that's going to be the one that's going to give us a challenge, and we're going to have a linebacker on him because of the size thing, I would think. Yeah. He does have speed, but we have quick backers. 
I, I, I believe the speed in our linebacking core is good. Um, I think we should match up quite well on Delaney Walker. I'd be more worried, and I'm sure you're going to talk about him more, it, DeMarco Murray is probably the main threat. Now, we need to see our run defense of the previous weeks um, really come back and come back with some real sort of serious ferocity, if you like, and really get up in the face of that and stop it early. Force them to throw to those receivers that, okay, maybe not the greatest receivers in the league, and then our secondary starts to to really play ball and start to intercept some and start to break these passes up. Yeah, uh, he's the yeah. There's there's two main threats to me anyway. Is Delaney Walker the tight end? As you said, they're going to match a, a linebacker up against them. Probably Jake Ryan. Uh, maybe maybe um, Jake Ryan. He certainly seemed to be matching up against the receivers. It certainly against Atlanta. Obviously, he got burned at the end. That's what I'm um, worried about as well with him. You know what I mean? Because he's good run blocking, right? But it's the pass defense. I think he drops down on. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, our, it depends. Our outside backers are obviously going to probably be putting on the pass rush. I don't know if Clay Matthews is back this weekend, is he? I haven't seen anything. I'm hoping he is because if he suited up, did he suit up last week or not? He didn't, no, did he? he didn't. No, he was. Look, Thursday he came out and said that he was ready to go, and then apparently he had a setback on Friday. Because there's not a lot of rumors flying around at the time. I know uh, Jason Wilday was saying it. Um, after the loss to the Colts he started giving out saying oh did they not play Matthews because they think that they could uh, beat the Colts without him and all this type of stuff now you know I I thought that was a bit of a dig I, I don't think any team especially who's looking at uh, you know 0. 0.5 uh, half and half record looks at another team and says oh yeah it's going to be an easy win we can leave off some of our yeah, players but I, yeah, I, I think Matthews still has I think he's hamstrung I think he's still off with a hamstring injury so th- okay. that's another thing and it's a valid point right is that I mean we need to be able to get pressure on Marcus Mariota because he's a fast dude and he's accurate he has a quarterback rating most weeks near the hundreds so he's I think he's 94 I think is for the season um, yep. and maybe even for his career so this guy look it, the same, he was it was a ring of fire for him and Jameis Winston when they both came into the league uh, both first round picks I believe and both thrown into the mix very very early and he's responded well to it so we do need to get that pass rush but how much pass rush we can get because uh, all the stories coming out about Mike Daniels during the week where did you, did you hear that where he went into the shower and started giving out did he yeah he went in and he started Jesus. giving out effing and blinding and mfing and all this type of stuff and he said that in this game they've got to play like someone's pissed in their cheerios so you know it's just it isn't Mincy's <laughs> words that that is a saying i will be using from this time forward yeah i'm taking that so um yeah he was annoyed and apparently all the reporters yeah were in the locker room and he was in the showers didn't know he could be heard so he started effing and blinding then i heard a massive bang which you can only imagine was a soap or some type of thing smacking off against the ground so he came or up some poor reporter that got too close i know can you imagine like so he went up to um i think he went up to that's right jason wilde has a, a producer on his podcast anyway he's i think he's a reporter himself so he went up to him and said oh god did you hear me and he said jenny goes what did you think and he was like oh well we'd like to see your passion and your energy you know so maybe mike dad just give them a kick in the arse absolutely and, and and a locker room needs that and especially at a time where people are questioning energy as they have a rod came out this 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 week after the game didn't he and said that the energy level in the team was unacceptable yeah i think mccarthy touched on it certainly the commentators the reporters are watching the game that's questioning it you need a mike daniels or you need a julius peppers or you know these these sort of veterans if you like the tj langs maybe on the offensive line these are the guys that have to go into the locker room and they've got every single right to go and stick a size 13 boot up somebody's backside um, and let somebody know a few home truths and really give it to them straight. 
I don't see any problem with that because certainly the coaches will want to be putting that message across. But when it's player to player, and obviously you'll have been in locker rooms on different teams and so have I, but when it's player to player, you can kind of really more say exactly what you want to say. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're all in there together and you've got to get each other going. And I think that probably in this situation now, that's exactly what this team needs. It needs a few of those guys to step up in the locker room. Yeah, and I think the coaches kind of leave it to the players then because uh, Mike McCarthy came out and said, I had a look at the tape. I don't think energy is an issue. Maybe it was just put into the wrong areas. And they were talking about it more came down to at, at certain moments in the game that they had lapses. And I mean, we looked at the game and that's exactly what we said on our sort of dissecting podcast against the Colts. That, that was one of the points that we made. I picked out four plays where I said, look, the game overall, yeah, wasn't great, but it all comes down to individual plays where it was. And I think we had a question, didn't we, from uh, one of the lads on Twitter asking, you know, uh, do you think energy was an issue? And I said, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have known had they come out. They came out and said, oh, I think energy was an issue. But I didn't really see that. I just thought that they couldn't get open and um, they got burned on individual plays. Uh, maybe people thought it was too hard on Haha Clinton Dix, but... Yeah, you were. Um, to, to, <laughs> to, I think... Um certainly when people talk about the energy the only thing that i can tell from a viewer at home watching it is when you go into the hurry up and when you go into the no huddle it's all there and it seems to click yeah and then the rest of the game it's not but at the end of the day if the coach or the quarterback are not calling the no huddle and the hurry up type plays and rushing the defenses and making them panic and making them run people on and off the field yeah then i don't i don't really see what the players can do about that if they're you know if they're huddling up and their plays coming in they're calling the play and they're going to the line so it might appear that way on the TV. It doesn't necessarily mean it is that way. Yeah, and I think they should stick to that no huddle stuff. I think they were sort of limited because they had young wide receivers and experience uh, there. So they couldn't sort of, you weren't really on the same page as A-Rod perhaps or what he wanted to call or, or get in tune with the, the hand signals to know what you were supposed to be doing. And maybe that's why they have to huddle a bit more. But I mean, coming back to the main threats that we have, because I think... With James Starks coming back, Randall Cobb apparently is looking good. Jared Cook as well um, is back in practice. So I think with all of these weapons, we could potentially see that we come back on offense, especially for up against the zonal defense. I know they like to fantasize about Dick LeBeau coming up with some exotic. You never know what he's going to do, where he's going to bring the pressure from. I um, just want to ask you there, you've touched on Jared Cook, and I think this is an interesting one. Because if you've got a fully fit Jared Cook, and fully fit Richard Rogers. Who's is who is your starter? My starter personally, and I don't know why people keep saying it's Jared Cook, is Richard Rogers. He went out against the Colts, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was targeted six times and pulled down six, and he had something like 89 yards. Now I could be completely talking out in the arse, but as far as I know, that's what he did. He's got short hands. Now I don't know the amount of plays. I'm not going to act like an, I'm an expert that he could have got open on more plays. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he bust the coverage. Yada yada. But I thought he had a good game. When Jared Cook was healthy, let's face it, and we all heard the the stories in training camp where he was pulling down touchdowns in front of the crowd. He was enamoring himself with the Green Bay faithful. And I got really excited about it. I was thinking, this is brilliant. But I did ask people, and if you go back and listen to some of the interviews that we had uh, where I was posing questions to pundits and, and players and all this type of gear, I said, Jared Cook was rated 53 53 as a tight end uh, the previous year Richard Rogers was something like 18 so why is you know Jared Cook de facto number one tight end when Absolutely. Richard Rogers outperformed him now you can say oh, that's because Richard Rogers had Aaron Rodgers 
and Jared Cook didn't. But even when he was healthy, Ryan, at the start of the season, did you see him make waves? I didn't. I think no. he had... The only thing I remember him doing is is that he had a seam route that Aaron Rodgers just threw his way because he knew he'd get the holding penalty, which we did. And we moved, I think it was 30-something yards out of our own end zone because of a good punt uh, from the opposing team. And that was the only contribution I remember him actually making. Absolutely. And it's, I'm a little bit disappointed you went the way you did on that because I thought we were going to have another ruck. <laughs> but... Absolutely. You know, I was going to say myself, I, th- I think Richard Rogers showed it last week. He is the guy. That I think I feel like he's more more versatile. Uh, he gives you more flexibility in what you want to do with him. Um, it, like you said, he's got great hands. Mm. And he's not he's not the big body, but he doesn't need to be. He's more of like the, the big, big receiver playing at tight end position. And I think that's the type of tight end that Aaron Rodgers works with best. Now, I'm not saying Jared Cook isn't good. I'm just saying that if you gave me the choice of the two, I would go Richard Rogers as well. Yeah. And for you know, for all the reasons you've said and more. And and just especially in that last game last week, I thought he looked really impressive. I think probably this game you will see him probably in the start role, but if Jared Cook does play, because obviously he's probably going to be eased back in, I guess, and there's no pressing need because Richard Rogers is doing great. And of course your man, Justin Perillo, is always there to back up. And I think he got a catch last week, which I'm sure you're incredibly excited about so 100% record is always open <laughs> yeah 7-11 um, but yeah so that's a disappointing that you agreed on that one because I was just trying to find points really that we could argue about well what I see here is, <laughs> is that look if uh, if Jared Cook and Richard Rogers are both healthy I, I see an opportunity here for two tight end sets bring them in and even use them as blockers and try to get the run game going again try you know with James Starks coming back in ease him into the game have two blockers up there for him and maybe bring in James Starks Ty Montgomery and one tight end and maybe try to do something exotic um, and maybe make people respect the play action pass Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think we need to do something exotic but they're doing similar stuff the Tennessee Titans are with DeMarco Murray I mean he's been a revelation this season he dropped off for the Eagles uh, which is understandable because because they were complete trash last season uh, he was dynamic for the Cowboys but what you'll see the Tennessee Titans do is, is that they'll actually bring in a sixth lineman and what they'll they'll just I'm telling you all they do is, is run the ball down our necks and we have to prove to ourselves again that were a top run defense and they were ranked number one again but that's probably because we're up against frank gore who went home to his old folks home thereafter so we're up against the second best running back in the league only behind ezekiel elliott and we've seen what happened when we come up against elliott we got sliced open the tennessee titans run the ball 47 percent of the time half of their offense is going to be on demarco murray's shoulders now, I think there's a there's a rumour out there circulating that he might be suffering from a bit of turf toe. Um, and if he is, that's going to bode well for us because he might not be able to shoulder that burden. Um, so run stuffing is what we want to see here. And we want to see it back in a big way. But I think who's impressed me there is is Ryan and also Blake Martinez. He's been fantastic against the run. So uh, long may it continue. Yeah, absolutely agree. So, okay, I've got another point for you, or another couple of points anyway. Um, so... We added a guy called Kerridge this week, mm. who's a fullback. Um, well, we say strange, but apparently as well, he's he's absolutely geared up to be a, to be a big help on special teams. And I think Whitehead was uh, released this week or put on waivers or something, and now re-signed to the practice squad. Yeah. Apparently, that's because he made a couple of uh, errors, let's say, on the uh, on the special Ruthless. teams effort last week. Um, but Kerridge, little question for you. I don't because I don't know if you've read the article on him. No. So, oh, good. 
That's right. And so I got a little question for you: which current Packers team, uh, which which current Packers player was his roommate at college? Ooh. Well, what age is this dude? Uh, he's, he's basically. I, I'm pretty sure he's a rookie free agent. Oh yeah. So yeah, if anything, he may be one year out of college, but nothing much. Um, offense or defense? Defense. Oh, oh God, I don't know. He's a current Packer. Absolutely. Yeah. Is he famous, dude? Like, do we know him, or is it another special you've, team? You've already mentioned his name on the podcast tonight. Ryan. It is, yeah, Maybe. Jake Ryan. Apparently, him and uh, him and Kerridge used to be roommates at college, um, and. Uh, yeah, so he's joining the team and he's going to come out mainly on special teams. Not a great deal to talk about him. He's a second fullback on the squad, obviously. I can't imagine they're uh, they're worried about anything to do with Ripkowski. This is this is simply get some help on special teams. Yeah, and I guess I guess put an extra fullback in there. You never know what might happen in the future, so it's probably to just get somebody else up to speed as well. But wasn't there worries about Ripkowski though? I thought I read some articles saying that he was injured or could potentially be injured or was was having a, a twinge. So I wouldn't put a pass the Packers throwing him in if Rip gets injured because maybe he's suffering something in the background we don't know about. Sure, and I saw another comment actually saying, could we see Ripkowski coming in as the running back? Uh, Which no. <laughs> I nope. don't think so because I don't think he has that much pace. But then, no. I don't know, nor did the bus and nor did that, uh, was it a Koye for the Chiefs? I guess they were just huge guys that smashed the crap out of people. Yeah, third so, backs. Yeah, so may- maybe, I don't know. I don't think so. Though. I think you generally see him on special teams. Yeah, um, and we probably won't see a great deal of him at all this week. So, yeah. but there was that one, and then I wanted to say to you as well. So, I'm going to ask you to predict something for me. Oh, here we go. If we took, unless you've got another option here, mm-hmm. but if we took Ty Montgomery, Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, Don Jackson, and Ripkowski, who will have the most rushing yards for the Packers in this weekend's game? So, out of those guys, who would you say would have the most rushing yards? Unless you want to add somebody else. No, I'm not going to try to be one of those uh, Packer hipsters. Well, have you heard of Kerrigan? <laughs> yeah, well, what no. you'll find is there'll be like a fake punt in the end zone and Jacob Shum's going to run the entire length of the field. <laughs> <laughs> Deadly, a design play. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of have my money on tie then, um, to be honest. I reckon that they'll try to be exotic with him and try to catch them off guard. What about you? So you're going tie. Do you know what? I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. I think we'll have the most rushing yards. Yeah. Yep. So it's probably probably not much of a, a much excitement in that one, but I just thought I'd bring it up because at the minute, I, you know, there's a, we're doing a lot of, I guess, off the cuff. yeah, off the cuff, different things going on at running back. But. Do you know what? I, do you know what? I nearly changed my answer because when I think about it, they asked Aaron Rodgers, the, "Does he think this is a must-win game?" And of course, in typical Aaron Rodgers style, he's too good for the answer. He's flippant with it. You know, like, oh well, World I loved War his II answer was. There. World War Two was a must win. Yeah, okay, dude. Jesus, just answer the question like humorous for God's sake. So I think, do you know what? It is a must win game and the criticism would be crushing uh, were we to lose to Tennessee, even in their home ground. So I reckon that that mentality will be there. And if he sees an opportunity to pick up the first down with his legs, that will be his first option, I would say, as opposed to trying to dink and dunk. And I reckon he'll use his legs because look, the heat is on A-Rod. The heat is on uh, Mike McCarthy which is something that maybe we'll, we'll dust off talking about this game maybe in the next few minutes and get back to a burning question I want to ask you. Okay. Well, I've got, just before we do that, I've been on the social media roundup again this week. 
Because yeah. basically I've worked out that, you know, I know you're an absolute stickler for doing your research and you have pages and pages and you're on pro football focus and all signed up to that. And I am just like I was at university, crap at research. So I've basically decided to start rounding up everybody else's ideas on, on social media and Can't then I'm going to put them. You were that group, uh, you were that dude in group study, right? Who used to do bugger all, but used to just go up and present it after everyone else did all the hard work and get the A. <laughs> Hey, look, look, I was always good in presentations. So basically let everyone do the work and then just let me be the face, baby. Do you know what? You haven't changed. The podcast is the exact same. You're strolling after a meal away, you know, drinking your course, like kicking back, scratching your arse. Hey, look, all I've done this evening, big Chinese, few beers, a little bit of research, social media roundup. And we're here. We're having a great conversation. We're enjoying it. You know, why you got to put a downer on that? And you wonder why you kick you out of the studio? I'll tell you what, Mike Spofford and getting him back. This is ridiculous. Right. I can't deal with this. You do that. But anyway, right, come on. Give, I'm going to put some question. points to you. So, uh, Tom Coles, you've obviously met him. Great guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, loves a beer. Loves a beer. But he's a great guy. So, for a big fan out there, go, go and find him, follow him. He says, uh, he makes this point and he wants us to discuss it. He says, for him, it's a possible make or break game. At five and four, we still have a shot at the division in the playoffs. But at four and five, I can't see any way that we come back. He's interested to hear our thoughts on both scenarios. It is a make or break game. I think if you lose to the Tennessee Titans, who are under 500, um, and they, you know, they're, look, they have a lot to play for too here. And uh, it was Mike Spofford who raised that brilliant quote by James Jones, where he said that the other team get paid too. You know, so you're not, you're not up against someone who you're going to steamroll. All the lads have pride. And these guys are only one game off in their division. Um, so, you know, they've got a lot to play for here as well. But yeah, look, I think if we lose this game, I reckon so many questions are going to be answered. Now, I don't know if the Packers have been in that position. I can't remember the last time they were in that position where it's backs against the wall and they have to try close out the season with, with all wins. I've seen it against in our own division, you know, where we're up the last game of the season. That seems like, you know, the status quo, to be honest. But yeah, I reckon... If we don't make the playoffs, and this is the question I was going to ask you, so let's roll the two of them into one. If we don't mm -hmm. make the playoffs, do you think Mike McCarthy is hot butts? Do you think he's on the hot seat and he could potentially go? Nope. No? I honestly think he'll be in there to the end of his contract, just because, as I said again last week, I don't think the Packers are in the habit of throwing away dead money. And you take him out of his contract early and put somebody else in, you're paying two salaries for one position. So Yeah, but the, I mean, you're... you're I have whether, to whether you're asking... You, but, but you asked me... Because your question being was, um, do you think he will be? Mm. Now, if your question is, do you think he should be, then no, my answer is probably no. If you can't make the playoffs with this Packers team and this quarterback, um, there's not many years, and I know it sounds pessimistic, but the likes of you know, Clay Matthews, who's been a beast his career, Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, mm. you know, these guys, they're not going to be around forever. We, we kind of need to be in... I always think of it a bit like baseball, right? So in baseball, if you're going through your season that's 470 million games long and you're not making it, you trade away your big players and get players for the future. Mm. If you've got a shot, you're going to win now mode and you give away your future to get the players now to win. I'm not suggesting we do that. It's not quite that. But we do need to sort of go into win now mode because... Get, I mean, we've been incredibly lucky, haven't we, as Packers fans, going from Favre to Rogers, And we've seen throughout the history of the Packers, if you're listening to those history podcasts, quite often you go from a quarterback that's been electric, wins, wins Super Bowls, blah, 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 and then it's very hard to pick up that next 
franchise quarterback. And you see that in other franchises as well. Mm. It can be difficult to go from, you know, Sam Fran did it. They were lucky. They went from Montana to Steve Young and then past that, what was there? You know, so it's difficult to find those guys. There's no guarantee once Rodgers does retire that you'll go straight into picking up another type player like that. We need to be in win-now mode um, before time runs out, really. Every year should be win-now mode. When you have Aaron Rodgers, I think every year since he was brought onto the team and made the starter, I think should have been a win-now mode because we don't know what's in the distance. It scared me when we had Matt Flynn and then Talzin behind A-Rod, you know, and Hundley now is meant to be a beast, but to me, he's untested. I like the guy and he's accurate and he's great and he was nominated the preseason MVP for all that's worth. He has that above his mantelpiece, you know, and I just think when you have that quarterback and you don't know, there's massive uncertainty. You have to go into a win-now mode and try play every game as if it's the NFC Championship game. And I think you're right. You know, the time is running out. And that is, I know that you said it sounds pessimistic, but it's true. There's some teams that just have a, a breakneck speed, uh, ram it down your throat attitude. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks being one of those teams, they go for it each and every time. They try to hold on to the defensive players. They have to let someone go for the good of the team. Uh, they had to pay Russell Wilson, which is the reason why they had to let some players go, because they had to lock him down. Um, uh, if you look at the Patriots are the number one prototypical team that try win every single time the amount of people that they sign that are allegedly at the end of their career and they make excellent players out of them for one year and then let them go that's a good mm. structure to have if you want to bring in free agents get the most out of them bleed the last bit of talent from them use them in positional play kind of like what we're doing with Peppers at the moment you have to do it so you know to come back to Tom's question I think we're in big trouble if we lose this game. We're up against a Redskins. Every team that we're facing are kind of either in a desperate mode here. You know, the Redskins are under pressure. They they have to start winning some games. The Eagles are the same. They want to prove that Carson Wentz is for real. He's lost two on the trot, came back one, and they're still trying to prove themselves. They've got an excellent shot this year. The Texans paid huge money uh, for Osweiler. They want him to get rolling. Again, they're only one game above the Titans in their group. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. the Vikings and Lions have everything to play for because they're both ahead of us. And then the other, the other team we're up against there is the Bears who waxed the Vikings, so they could be difficult as well. I mean... This division will go to the end. It will go yeah. to the very last week. I'm absolutely sure of that. And uh, you touched on it a minute ago, saying, you know, Packers seem to, to play when their back's against the wall sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Charlotte Midgley is another guy, you know... Uh, sorry, a girl that's been, been with us on the trips out to Lambeau Field um, both years. Big fan. She says that... Um, the only time that we play with passion, so a little bit negative to start with, but I get what she's saying. The only time that we play with passion is when it is do or die. Yeah. And I think this game is extremely important to the season to get a win. So that passion will be there and we will be on fire. And she's predicted three touchdowns, possibly four for Aaron Rodgers and Montgomery to get his first rushing TD. So there you go. Yeah, no, I, do you know what? And I, I don't think that she's even being a blind Packers fan. I think that's true. I, I think the Packers do play when they're up against it because... The Packers almost have to have that chip on their shoulder, don't they? And I mean, here's another point that I heard during the week, and that's true, is that the players that we have now, I know we've got a few injuries and all this type of lark, but the players we have now are largely the players that we had when we were putting up pinball scores in 2014. The personnel have not changed. You still have Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb. So why you can't make those same scores and same plays is beyond me. On top of that, we always had issues on the O-line where they could never protect A-Rod. He was always running for his life and that was what made him even better, in fact, was because he was always running for his life and he'd make these dynamite plays. So now that we have a good offensive line, 
and we still can't make stuff happen is what's concerning people but I've every confidence that the Packers will win this game they will win it by comfortably I would say by two touchdowns um, and you can mark my words on that one excellent yeah I, I, I'd like to see it. I'd like, I definitely want to see Montgomery get a rushing touchdown because that yeah. guy's been leaving it all out there on the field so I've got another question here from uh, Lawrence Clark who's been following us now for well basically since the start I think oh, yeah. he says what are your thoughts on the receivers not seemingly getting open as frequently as they have before it's as if we've been playing a Mike Zimmer defense every week. He said, even against the Falcons, who have one of the worst passing defenses in the league. I think we touched on this, haven't we, in previous weeks? So, Yeah, like it's a number of things for me. It all comes down to the type of coverage. If, if you just press us, you see, that's the defense we should be playing. And fair play to teams for doing it against us. You know, this is where it comes down. And this is easy to me. And what do I know? I'm just an ignorant Irishman. I'm a twinkly old Irishman sitting on my couch calling plays but we get pressed all the time but if you run the no huddle system they start to get worn out it's the same as in soccer when you see people playing that that press you know when they, when they come right up to your defenders and they have the strikers running around like blue arse flies they have the midfield pressing up on the defenders trying to get them to make that pass make a breakdown in the middle of the field the only way to make that work in soccer is if you have extremely fit players so all of the teams that try that type of stuff like man city um, and all these teams what they do is is that they focus massively on fitness so they have training sessions that are insane to try bring the fitness level up to make you sustain that over an, a sustain uh, an extended period of time you don't need to do it for the full 90 minutes you need to do it for maybe 60 till you crush the other team until they kind of you know lose interest get tired themselves or get desperate because it, it puts an awful lot of pressure on the team that you're pressing as well because they're always running around trying to get away from you now that's the same as what the Packers have to do if they're getting pressed all the time and they're getting really tight coverage, they just need to keep banging it with the... Well, first off, they need to stay on the field, which is hard when you're getting pressed. So they need to have mm-hmm. that little release, you know, uh, bubble screens. They need to pass out into the flat. They need to have someone running out of the back to get those first downs. So try accumulate some first downs on first or second drives. They can play man coverage, hit them with a bit of no huddle so that they're knackered. They can't follow you all the time around the field. Now, again, that yep. depends on your wide receivers being uh, fit and healthy. We've seen Randall Cobb has had issues and we've seen Jordy Nelson trying to come back from the ACL. So that might be an issue for us as well. But with these new young receivers, Ryan, I don't know how you feel about it. I mean, if you if you talk about the Geronimo Allisons, the Trevor Davis, these are young, fast, fresh wide receivers. If they can run good routes uh, yep. that A-Rod can find them, I think we could really have the number here. Yeah, I mean, definitely. Just just like me and you, obviously, you know, speed type guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do you say you and me, or, or, or just? Me? Yeah, no, no, yeah, I meant you. Yeah, so yeah, you got they've got your speed in my hands. Um, <laughs> so no, but they are great guys, and um, yeah, so these are speedy type guys. Definitely, let's use them, as you said, get them into those type of hurry up situations. When we do that, you either leave, you, you do two things, don't you? You either got a defense on the field that was set up for one play further back down the field. That means they don't necessarily now have the right personnel and for what you then go and match them up against next. Yeah, exactly. Or they have to start rushing those defensive subs. Yeah. Now, how many times this year have we seen Aaron Rodgers catch somebody running off the field? I know we've seen it, but as much as in previous years, not, not for me. And it's because we're not pushing the point. And I feel like if we're going to hurry up, we've got the receivers that can really burn guys. Linebackers and safeties and corners, they don't want to be running backwards, turning, trying to keep up with somebody who's just blazing them for speed. Yeah. Right? You tire them out quickly. They have the wrong personnel on the field when you change the play up. 
And if they do try and get them subs in, we know that Aaron Rodgers is the absolute magician for catching them. Yeah, and I mean, as well as that catching them on the hard count, you know, he has two real weapons there where he just annoys uh, opposing defenses and stuff like that. And the more plays you run, the more plays you get to see what you burn the the opposition with. And, you know, if you're seeing that you're burning them on quick slants every time in the slot, just keep doing it. You know what I mean? Get your first down, stay with the no huddle, keep playing the same play. That's what happened to us against Atlanta. We got burned three times by the same play to Mohamed Sanu. And yeah. when, like and we called it on the Twitter as well, saying, watch Mohamed Sanu, down the right by the sideline, all of a sudden there it goes. You know, it was ridiculous. So that's what we need to be doing. Okay. So you ready for the last one? It's oh, the last on. one we got. Okay, well, it's the last we, we actually had quite a lot in, but obviously I have to pick some out because otherwise this will go on forever. Okay, so we had uh, Tom Nelson get in touch with us. Uh, I met Tom. This, this is one of the, the stories. I, I love this. I love telling this story. Tom and his mate Kieran came down to London with us. Okay. Hmm. Um, first time they've been into the Hippodrome, I think, in London to, to watch any of the games, and they met up with us for the first game of the season going back. Uh, what was it? It was last season. The first game of last season, we all met up down there. Yeah. Um, these two guys rocked up in London, come met the group for the first time, and now you know we talk all the time about Packers and everything else. So this this why you should come to the meetups, guys. Um, you just basically makes loads of Packers friends, and there can be nothing better than that. But one of the things he says, um, and he put quite a few points on here, but the one I want to pick out because um, I also noticed this guy's, uh, you know, we noticed you, Casey. He says Casey Hayward stats down in uh, San Diego right now. Should we have kept him? Um, just to let you know there he's got 41 combined tackles and five interceptions on the season he only has 14 in his career he's got he's, he's been in the league now five years what do uh, you feel yeah look i think we're doing okay i i, I think it's highlighted and the people the reason people are even questioning it is is because of the amount of injuries that we have i think yeah. if we didn't have those injuries no one no one would be arsed look you lose good players that's what happens um but I think we have enough young talent coming through and enough young talent being blooded now because of these injuries that he's only going to be an afterthought. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think it's definitely the reason that we wouldn't be asking the question. And I think it's a good question because I've said the same thing. Um, but I think we are looking at it and we are going, well, where's all the cornerbacks we used to have? Yeah. You know, is, where's Tremone Williams right now? Is he, is he playing at the Browns or something? Yeah, he is. You yeah. Know? <laughs> so you start to look around and you go, but it's because we've had problems that we didn't didn't foresee happening. You know, we've had players underperform and then we've had players get injured. Um, so, yeah, okay, if you offer me the chance to have him back, I'd have him back. But, you know, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and look, look at the positive thing. And this is where this comes in. And this is a perfect proof, obviously at a different position. But look at uh, Corey Lindsley and JC Treader. They're interchangeable now. I mean, they're two players that get, could get a position on the O-line for absolutely any team in the NFL. They grade... They're grading the top five on the offense amongst even the skill set players uh, for their assignments on pro football focus every time that they play. And that's sure. only because they kept getting interchangeably injured and having to come in and replace each other. And now you've got two absolutely outstanding uh, offensive linemen. So, look, it's only going to be a good thing that we're blooding all of these cornerbacks and safeties um, and it's going to bode well for us. And look, we'll lose one of those down the line as well. But until then... Uh, long may that continue as well are we done with the questions questions yeah i think we are that was that's the last one that we've got here so unless you've got any thoughts unless you've got anything you want to question me on Ooh, like you're just gonna catch me out impossibly so maybe do you know what this we hadn't got this planned um 
So you're just going to pull a question out of your arse. Out of my arse. And listen, thing, I always get slagged off because of the accent thing, right? I'm not the dude who goes around saying free instead of three. You know what I mean? Like, there's a TH there. And I know I say tree and lose the H, but like, uh, English people are just find, as bad. Sorry, mate, but I think you'll find it is uh, F-R-E-E-E. <laughs> so, free, mate. Free. Yeah, I heard I was brilliant at the airport. Your mum's got on, you get that free. And he goes, no, I only want one. He's like, oh, no, no, you get it free. He's like, no, I want one, not three. I was like, oh, here we go. Here's the barrier. <laughs> but here I'm going to ask you, right? So I, I, my question I was going to pose, we kind of blended into Tom's question, was about Ooh. Mike McCarthy, right? He's been to the playoffs eight times, won the NFC North five times. He's been to the NFC Championship game three times, one Super Bowl win. But what I want to know is, is what has the Packers record been over the last 18 games in win losses oh i've read this jesus i've read this we're losing is it a losing record i'm not telling you that's impossible it's not impossible i read this earlier we've obviously read the same thing today (laughs) oh crap last 18 games so 500 would be nine and nine if my maths are any good you're dead right yeah, there we go. I think it's a losing record. I'm going to go... Oh, I don't know. Eight, eight and ten. Or is it seven and eleven? Just like eight just and ten. Gorilla. I'll go eight and ten. <laughs> I'll go eight and ten. Final answer? Yeah. You're dead, Royce. Eight and ten. Is it eight and ten? Yeah, can you believe yes. that? And here's a, this isn't a possible question, but I'm just going to see if you can guess it real quick. What do you think Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating has been since 2015? Since 2015? Um, even hmm. in the right, you know, in the same ballpark, not even an exact one. That's impo- That's truly impossible. So will you give it, give it me in the tens? Yeah, If exactly. I'm in the right tens? Yeah. 103. 67.3. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. How do I get that wrong? I just, but, I don't know. But that just goes to show, I mean, here's an example for everybody. And I would have said very similar. Right? I would have went, oh, yeah, he's had Bob. He's still amazing. And he had, against Atlanta, he had 126 point whatever. So I would have averaged out at about 100 as well. 67.3 since 2005. That's unreal, isn't it? But that just shows you, right? And this is the same thing is that when I say stuff about clay matches and people start losing their arse, when I say that he's gone downhill, that's that's from a stat perspective. This isn't me sitting on my couch going, oh, I'm looking at him, I think he's gone downhill. His stats have actually gone downhill. And that's sometimes what happens with us Packer fans is that you look at a player like Aaron Rodgers and Clay Matthews and all this, and you were used to hearing that sort of lazy journalistic line of, you always have a chance if you've got Aaron Rodgers. Give me a break, right? Just people need to stop saying that. It's true, you but do. you know you need they need to stop saying it. But what you know, sixty-seven point three is his actual quarterback rating since two thousand fifteen. You know the the problem you got there with Clay Matthews is I know you've got your stats, but you see you've got to take account for the women's vote, and they <laughs> they don't think that guy's gone downhill one bit. I mean they're still saying that dude is fine. <laughs> that hair is lush, and I tell you what, Julius Peppers is still looking quite ripped, Ola. You know what I mean? He's the chap's a, a beast. He doesn't age, Julius Peppers. It's going to look the same in his 70s. You know what I mean? He's just going to be found ripped and dead. <laughs> That's it is. He's going to be 84 years of age and dead, but still playing. Uh, That's crazy. Um, are you done talking Titans? I think we're done talking Titans. Um, and are you we've... done talking 
presidential elections. Uh, yeah, on this podcast. But if anybody wants to hit me up on me Twitter at NFL and you're a Trump supporter, I will quite gladly go toe to toe. I'm not saying I like Hillary Clinton. She's a heathen as well, right? But it's the lesser of two evils. Do you know what? I liked my favorite one this week, and I don't know if you'd have voted this guy. Ric Flair voted himself <laughs> as president, and I loved it. He, I think he put the hashtag on there, make America woo! Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I love that. And I think Stone Cold uh, voted himself as well. So these WWE guys, who knows, next year. Well, I tell you what, Trump, uh, if he could, he would. That just goes to show you the level of ego. But come here, we have to cut it there because we're, we're getting well into the time. There's just one, well, two bits of housekeeping that we want to mention, right? One is your, is the Raz for the Gilbert Brown helmet. Okay, yeah, uh, I think we have four slots left on the Raz. Um, four pound a slot. Uh, there was 15 slots originally. I think it's four left. You got a signed Gilbert Brown mini helmet uh, with the inscription Gravedigger on it. And it looks really, really cool. Um, I'm just going to warn you guys now if you don't take them I'm going to buy a slot and if I win it I will keep it because yeah. I'm that kind of guy yeah. uh, so I will say as well Gilbert Brown's aware of our res did you see him retweeting it in the week oh, Gilbert Brown loves us Gilbert Brown has been on the podcast so if you want to check that out hit up UK Packers on iTunes or your other podcast provider find the episode and listen to him he's a funny dude He's uh, he, just, he sounds as scary as he looks it's brilliant yeah. and of course we should say Hello, Gilbert, because we know he's listening. Oh, uh, Gilbert, listen. Hey, Gil, what's going on, man? Oh, uh, Gil, look at that. Look at that. You even got a pet name for him. Oh, yeah, we're, we're good. We're bros. Um, and the other thing that I want to mention is, is that we're, we've teamed up with the movie Gridiron UK, which is a movie about the crew railroad um, team back in the 80s. Gary Delaney was on the team, formed the team, and he's the director of it. It's got some top cast, and we've given away two signed DVDs. We've one more to give away, and on top of that, you can buy the DVD uh, with a link that we're tweeting out, which we will do today or tomorrow, and we're going to send it out in a newsletter as well, so make sure you sign up for the newsletter. And if you go to that link and type in the code, I think it's UK 45 but it'll be in the newsletter, you can get the DVD, which retails on Amazon for $15.99 for $5.99 I mean that's a colossal yeah. deal and everybody who buys a copy of the DVD gets automatically thrown into a draw uh, that's happening on the 12th of November so you have to order this DVD uh, within the next uh, day or two and you get entered into that draw and it's a Dorsey Levens signed jersey that was actually worn in the movie so the yeah. DVD that we're giving away is a Dorsey Levens signed DVD and it's signed by the director and what we'll do is, is we're going to do this just giant monster draw. If you want to be entered into a chance for free to win the Dorsey Levin signed DVD, the final, the third one, uh, tweet us, uh, email us, Facebook us, Instagram us, whatever. Just get in contact. Visit the site www.ukpackers.co.uk. Search UK Packers on any type of social media and we'll pop up and get in contact. Tell us your name. We'll throw you into the draw and then we'll just send you out a free signed bit of merch for nothing for free can, can you... I, could I can I just say am I allowed to enter that oh yeah <laughs> oh I am oh good under, okay I'll enter that then. under a pseudonym under an alias so we've we've sure. had two lads that have won it so far um, and we did draws if you want to see the draws uh, happening we're going to be doing it on Facebook and we, we put them into a randomizer site so it's not in any way us picking our mates or me picking Ryan's fake name or Ryan's missus or my missus or my son or whatever uh, so get involved but look we have to come to the end of the podcast has to end sometime so from myself at NFL on Twitter give me a follow at UK Packers give us a follow at Brian Peacock NFL give him a follow it's bye for now goodbye hashtag not my president <laughs>